Hey, 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 my friend. Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman, HBIC head badass in charge here, and mother of dragons. I bet you got a couple of those at your house too, right? <laughs> well, I am coming at you for part five of the series that I'm doing, Work is My Drug, as I am exploring work addiction. Da da da. If you want to listen to these in order, you definitely can. But if you're just now catching part five, come hang with me today. I'm going to talk about workaholic leadership, the four types of burnout that employees exhibit. We're going to talk about burnt out workplaces and how you can identify them. And then we're going to talk about bosses and workaholic bosses and what that can do. So stick around. It's going to be a fun one today. But before we get into it, I got to tell you about a super special sponsor that we have. This sponsor today is near and dear to my heart. She is the amazing Dr. Dina George. She's been a guest here on this podcast and my partner in crime on some of my adventures. And you know what? She's helped me find clarity and amplify my voice when it comes to my marketing, my messaging, and my business. And guess what? She can help you too. Many physicians get stuck when it comes to launching or growing a business because, hey, we weren't taught this stuff. And from the inside out, it seems complicated. But this is actually what it can look like, having a sense of ease and creating marketing and messaging that inspires your customer. Being clear and focused on who you serve and what becomes possible through working with you. Making decisions with confidence. Taking the first steps, the next steps, or starting again when it feels like you've failed, and experiencing fulfillment in your life and business each step of the way. Dina works with physicians specifically to create all of this as a story brand marketing guide, a business coach, and a life coach. And you can experience it too. Clarity, focus, creativity, confidence, direction, perseverance, and you know, most importantly, fulfillment having fun along the way on this journey. You can create a business you love and that your customers love too. So sign up for a call with her at georgemdcoaching.com. You will talk about where you're at, where you wanna go, and how coaching can take you there faster. Again, that's georgemdcoaching.com and tell her Aaron sent you over. Leadership, workplaces, bosses. Oh my. (laughs) I can't wait to get into part five today. It's actually one of the areas that I love to poke at because I really truly believe that workaholic and burnt out leaders facilitate workaholic and burnt out employees. And so if we want to remedy this problem, we can start real easily by looking at the top of the pyramid. I say that because... What I've seen exhibited and from the research I've been doing about workaholic and work addiction is that leaders who tend to exhibit workaholic tendencies and characteristics lead to cultures, workplace cultures, where this type of behavior is accepted, but more so expected. Those expectations of folks that are coming into it. I know I speak with a number of physicians who, from the interview, things sound great, but then when they get into the inner workings, they're like, I think this is a little crazy. Am I right or am I wrong? 
and almost have to do a sound check off of me to see, like, is it just me or is this a little crazy? Is this, like, on the edge of work addiction? Is this culture pathologic? And that's exactly what I call it. I'm like, yeah, this is the pathologic normal. This is what we've normalized to say, well, that's just how business is done here. And that's just how medicine is. And this is just how we run our office. And I think it's really important that we identify if you've been swimming in the pathologic normal and you're trying to break a work addiction or you're trying to change a workaholic culture, it's going to be pushing a huge boulder uphill because everyone around you, this is their new pathologic normal. This is what they've been swimming in. And so... I find so many folks in this position are like, I just have to leave. I have to cut ties and try something else. And that's acceptable. I talk with people, too, who are like, I'm in it to try to change it. And that's acceptable, too. But I think the first and foremost, the biggest thing is to have the awareness if you are swimming in a pathologically abnormal place and if you are working for a workaholic boss. Because if you can't identify that, if you can't name it, then you're never going to be able to move the needle. Because contrary to popular belief, workaholics cause more harm than good to their companies, to their offices, and to their hospitals. And especially workaholic leaders cause more harm than good because they alienate their employees and they tend to micromanage and have less emotional intelligence as well. So Let's talk a little bit about the four types of employees that I see who are probably on the workaholic spectrum and then become burned out. The first type, as I call the, they used to be so happy, excited, motivated, involved. This is group one. They're folks that have lost their mojo and are likely leaving the company soon. They came in with fresh energy, with enthusiasm, and then over time it's been chipped away, most likely because of workaholic tendencies and burnout has set in. If you're a boss, you're typically watching them wither in front of you from a sense of purpose that's fading. This is also what I call that exhibits the D's in burnout. Discouraged, disconnected, disengaged, and don't give a damn. These are the people who have really tried hard and put their best foot forward and just kept working and working and working and thought, if I work harder, things will get better. Then when it doesn't, their coping mechanism is to disconnect and to disengage because they're just trying to take care of themselves because they so deeply care for their work, but they're unable to meet realistic expectations because the expectations are so high. Group two is what I phrase as they used to be so productive. These are the people who are the very classic workaholics who have thrown themselves into work and they use work as a drug just as an alcoholic uses booze to escape, hide, or quote unquote, improve their situation, loosen them up. You know, and these are the folks who don't have hobbies. They can't remember how to have fun. They miss all of their loved ones' activities, rarely make it to kids' games. And these are the people who likely don't have the awareness that they truly are a workaholic. Group three are the outspoken at every meeting and get labeled as disruptive. But really what they're trying to do deep down in their heart is to make some changes. These are the folks who have tried working so hard, so now they're trying to be outspoken as loud as they possibly can. And they are exhibiting the Fs of burnout, which is fear, frustration, 
F off and flight. And so they're the ones that it's kind of like a final flare that they're throwing up. The spectrum emotions come out because they've worked as hard as they possibly can. They've burnt the candle on both ends. And this is a last effort. And the last group is actually the scariest group, group four, the silent but deadly. These are the people who put their head down. They keep working and they're suffering in silence. They come to work, they deliver, and then they go home. They may have been in group one, two, or three, but now they're in a place where they're almost no longer able to see the hope and the light at the end of the tunnel. September was Physician Suicide Awareness Month. And so I've got to talk about this because group four are the people who scare me the most. About 20% of the clients that come to me have some sort of suicidal ideation, either past or current. And some feel that their work situation is so hard and they're so trapped that death is the only way out. And I want to say, if you're a physician or a person in the workplace who is struggling with this, you are not alone. Help is absolutely possible for you. And if you are working with someone who is like this, recognize that person in their silence and in their change of demeanor and reach out and ask, how are you? And then shut up and listen. Listen without judgment or trying to fix anything. And if this person feels safe around you, they might open up and tell you how they're really feeling or they might not. So offer a safe place for them. And this may not be with you. Hopefully you have peer support, an EAP program, a coach, somebody to connect them with. And if you don't, contact me and I can help you out. Next, ensure this person has a network of individuals and support tools, resources to help them take steps and actions forward so that they no longer feel helpless and that they can get help with their workaholic addiction. And last, make sure you follow up and stay connected with them because actions truly speak louder than words when you go the extra mile and you check in. You don't need to rush these people immediately to the emergency if they're not actively suicidal. And so I think it's important to really offer the support at this point because using work as your drug and when the drug stops delivering, it's just like when an addict who has mental health problems as well, when it stops working and you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go. And so I just want to have a very serious conversation that it is so important that if you're in leadership and you identify workers, employees, physicians, people in your work culture who sound like one of these it is your responsibility as their leadership to help them. And yeah, you may be trying to work through your own shit as a workaholic as well, but you can't just say, oh, it's someone else's problem or I've got to finish this report before I go check on on Susie Joe. I think it's just vital that we start checking on each other and we make sure that it's, we're okay. And that's how we change our work addiction as well. Let's now talk a little bit about workaholic and burnt out workplaces. So we've talked about bosses. We've talked about employees. Let's talk about the actual workplace. And I love this Instagram post that I got from Emily Broth. We will post her IG in the show notes. It's Emily B-R-U-T-H. But she gave a really great summary of the characteristics of a burnt out workplace. And again, I'm using that in correlation to a workaholic workplace, because I, I think synergistically they line up. And what she mentions is that is one, high turnover. So when the senior person has been there for a relatively short period of time, that's one characteristic. Two, untrained leadership. When people are promoted faster than they've been fully trained. Three is reputation. 
both in person and also online. They don't lie. They actually kind of count if 50 people have put an online, awful online review for the most part. Now, there are occasionally those groups that go and spam places, but that's another key indicator of a burnt out workplace, especially from former employees. And number four, employee morale. If everyone is walking around the halls and they're overwhelmed and unhappy, bing, 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 you probably have a burnt out and a workaholic workplace. So what does it look like to have a healthy workplace versus one that is a workaholic workplace? Well, I think it is in the sustainability. And so I think a healthy workplace you can define as they have cohesive and coordinated systems in place that complement the employee's efforts with appropriate boundaries. So what I mean by that is that there are already automated systems and support in the work environment that are not directly related to the human energy input. Like they are there, they are running, they are set up, they make life easier, and they complement employees' efforts. And those employees have appropriate boundaries. You know, they're not doing a Zoom meeting at 2 a.m. or staying up to charting past midnight. I really think that's a healthy work environment. And one that's not healthy, I think another way we can term it is an unsustainable workplace, is the exact opposite. So those would be where they don't have coordinated systems. There is no cohesion among different departments and units and the whole of the organization. It requires an unsustainable amount of human energy to keep it going just to get the results. Because really what you want from your workplace is to get repetitive good results without a huge input of energy all the time. Because again, that's not sustainable. It's not healthy. And if one person falls off the map, say they get a broken leg or God forbid they have a baby and they're not there, it shouldn't make the whole Jenga blocks of the organization tumble. But so many times I see that happening. And if it's already a workaholic environment, you lose one of the Jenga blocks. You can't squeeze anymore out of the people whose outputs are already maxed out. So I really think it's about having those systems, coordination in place, hiring enough people so that your staffing is appropriate. There are times when you have to pull back and your outputs cannot be as great. You can't see as many people. Your volume does go down for a limited amount of time while you write the ship. And one Instagram post I just have to share because I thought it was hilarious was that you can't outwork a workaholic system and you need to stop being the perfect pirate on a broken ship. (laughs) It was a hilarious one because it's true. Like if you're the perfect sailor, but your ship is sinking, what does it matter? You cannot outwork that. And so I think it's important to think about that as we're talking about work addiction and you as an individual are improving that, seeing that, drawing more awareness around that. If you're on a sinking ship and you're getting yourself lined out, you're going to need a whole bunch of other people around you to help with that ship. And, and you know, I've been in organizations, startups that didn't float. They didn't make it. And I think that's also part of being in a good work environment is knowing when you can turn it around and fix it. And then also knowing when like, hey, this is done. It hurts. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. But it also shows a level of wisdom that it takes to know that 
more work is not going to fix the situation. So there you go. Part five of work is my drug. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. (laughs) But what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. special thanks to my sponsor again, Dr. Dina George. It's tough to be a physician these days, and the demands are endless. Dina wants to send a special thank you to all of you who serve others. For many of us, it doesn't feel like enough. Our beautiful brain likes to show us everything that we didn't get done at the end of the day. But hear this, your work is incredible, and it matters. Go talk to Dina today about clarity in your messaging, your marketing, your business, whether it's clinical, non-clinical, side hustle, hobby, any and all in between. Go to georgemdcoaching.com. That's georgemdcoaching.com and tell her Aaron sent you. Thanks for joining me. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.
Heavy legs, short 